Welcome to Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is one of your hosts, Brett. Uh, you're about to listen to part one of a two-part interview with comic book artist Ryan Stegman. And you've seen his work recently in Scarlet Spider or a little while back in She-Hulks. And soon you'll see his work on Fantastic Four with Jonathan Hickman. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking to Ryan and having him pick the next book for our book club episode. And that book will be The Death Ray by Daniel Klaus. Uh, you can purchase The Death Ray through an Amazon.com link on Matt and Brett lovecomics.com so please do that it gives us just a wee bit of money which keeps this podcast a going and also check out that book before our book club episode which will be up next week but first our interview with ryan stegman enjoy Episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is one of your hosts, Brett White. And hey, this is Matt Little. And hello. hello, and we are here with a special guest. Uh, you might know him as the is it the sexy bad boy of comics? Yeah. Is that yeah the, no, or or the sexy right. bad boy or the bad sexy boy? The bad sexy boy? Sexy bad boy. Sexy okay. bad boy. You Listen, got it? My fans gave me that name. I never I never say it. <laughs> uh, Ryan Stegman. Hello. Hello. Uh, you might know Ryan from Scarlet Spider, mm-hmm. as well as upcoming Fantastic Four, Correct. which is Working a huge right deal. Uh, so how is it going, Ryan? It's going well. I'm uh, actually sitting at my drafting table right now, just was inking page 18 of my first issue of Fantastic Four, so... Wow. That's amazing. I've uh, I've been I've been checking out the Instagram, and I've been seeing all of the uh, the panels that you've been taking photos of. I'm getting really excited for that run. Yeah, it's, uh, this stuff, it's hard, it's actually hard to get to post any panels because I can't give anything away. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, because, especially in this story, there's, like, just so many, like, cool things that I want to show, but, you know, like, a lot of stuff with Galactus and everything that oh, I just am dying to get out there. Oh, that's awesome. Is that like a dream come true? I feel like Galactus is like the one character that every artist is like, well, I gotta draw Galactus at some point. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I hadn't really thought of it until I started working on it, and then like, I've just done all these pages with Galactus, and I'm just, it's, I, you know, as I was working on it, I started to think, oh yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> it's hard, because you start to take things for granted every once in a while, and, uh, and, uh, you know, but then every once in a while you have a moment where you, you're able to to realize how cool it is. Sure. It's it's so easy to get caught up in, like, the minutia of what you're doing and getting frustrated by, like, the little things because it's still work, right? But, yeah, yeah. But then you have to take a step. Especially when I have to draw a bunch of little tiny detail stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then I, I tend to forget how cool it is that I'm doing this. <laughs> this entire episode, Ryan, is about an office in Manhattan. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Thing, thing in Fantastic, Fantastic Four, not in this issue at all. Enjoy. <laughs> That's the thing I hear all the time is, like, the writers, like, it takes them five seconds to write the paragraph, and then the artist has to spend days drawing all the insanity that took, like, oh, a second. Yeah, yeah. Like, when they sometimes, this hasn't happened in Fantastic Four, but it's happened, you know, in the past, in the distant past. But you know that you'll get something from a writer, and you're like, you just didn't figure this out. <laughs> And now I have now I have to pick up the pieces and draw something really difficult. Yeah. Well, now you're um you're coming in at the it's the end of Hickman's run. Uh, he finished up his big epic storyline a couple months ago, and he's just been doing these really killer done in one stories for the past couple of months. Uh, what does it feel to be working on Hickman's run? Which I feel well, is going down to be it's going down in history as like one of the greatest FF runs of all time. I feel like that's pretty awesome. Definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's really flattering that they even you know gave me this opportunity and uh you know it's it's just awesome because i mean i kind of wish i could have just done the whole thing you know (laughs) oh yeah i mean not not that they didn't have good artists on it but how cool would that have been but you know because then you know like a lot of the great ff runs in the past have been based on the art artists that did them you know yeah yeah yeah, uh, but I mean, you know he's he's definitely made it his own and definitely done one of the you know, uh, you know he's made it uh, a legend. It's definitely like considered legendary. I think already. You know. Yeah, it's amazing. I can't imagine. I can't imagine you ever getting a page from Jonathan Hickman and thinking you didn't think this out. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's really thought out and it's he's very. Uh, I mean, he has to be, otherwise this thing would be a mess because he's got so many crazy concepts going on all the time, you know? Yeah. yeah I feel like Fantastic Four is, like, one of the few Marvel books that, like, you can't half-ass your way through on either end because mm-hmm. it's, like, such a high-science book. It's not oh, like, yeah. like, an X-Men, it's like, we'll just put some stuff in there about prejudice and some mm-hmm. angst and it'll be fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and, you know, I didn't know, uh, like, this, the science stuff, I didn't know if I would enjoy doing the sci- sci-fi stuff. Um, but it turns out that it's a lot of fun because, really, uh, you get to um, make it a lot of stuff up, you know? Because, really, you know, when when there's a thing that comes out of the ground and shoots a rocket out of it, you know, that's not real. So I just sit here and come up with something cr- the craziest possible looking thing I can. <laughs> These words sound like they would look like this. Yeah, yeah it's like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just put like little shapes all over them and just see what happens. It's like really, it's a really free way to draw. It's fun. Cool. It's so, um, so let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit, uh, real fast. Uh, so, if you could uh, tell us about how you uh, how you how how you got into comics. Like, when did you when did you catch the bug? Um. Well, I had uh, I had really started to get into them when I was about in about fifth grade or no it'd been about fourth grade um I had a friend I lived in Pennsylvania and uh oh where in Pennsylvania I lived uh near right on the border between Philly and New Jersey ah yeah uh in Newtown okay and, um I only lived there for three years because I've lived in Michigan almost all my life except for those years in Pennsylvania and uh, I had a friend there who was really into comics and you know like I I I didn't know that my dad had a bunch of old comics or anything which he it turned out that he did but um so my friend 
got me, you know, interested, and we would always kind of create characters, and we, we both liked to draw, so we'd sit around and draw all the time. But then in fifth grade, I moved away, and kind of just, you know, it just, I didn't have a store near me, I uh, didn't, you know, just wasn't into it anymore. And then uh, when I was in high school, I was about uh, 15 when uh, <laughs> I went to the chiropractor because I used to have headaches uh, from I don't know what, but the chiropractor seemed to help. And uh, it was... Did his job. <laughs> yeah. It was right next... There was a comic book store right next door, and I went in and just, like, uh, on a whim, picked up Spawn... Because I, you know, I kind of heard some things here and there, but didn't really have any idea what it was or whatever. Sure. Like from that, then I was just obsessed. That sounds like fate. Head yeah. mysterious headaches bring you to a chiropractor that's right next to a comic book store. Yeah, that <laughs> is like that is the definition of an origin story yeah. right there. Yeah, no, I've thought about that before. Like it's, uh, it was really, it's really strange that it worked out that way because, <laughs> um, it just. And, and, and a lot of things kind of conspired at the same time to, to come together, too, where I remember, um, well, my favorite artist when I was a kid, and I didn't, it, I just knew it was my favorite art, and it was the McFarlane Spider-Man issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt is a huge Spider-Man fan, right. especially that Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Ryan knows that because I oh, yeah. kept bugging him about Scarlet Spider whenever he... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so that... That uh, was, you know, at the t- when I was that young, I didn't pay attention to who the artist was. I just thought that was a really cool looking book, and the, you know, I had the Wolverine and Wen- Wendigo or whatever issue. Oh, uh, perceptions. Is that that was the uh, storyline, right? <laughs> well, not the yeah. title. Yeah, I'm not sure of, of the title of yeah. it. But yeah, I had that one, and I just beat it to hell, uh, reading it over and over and looking at it, and then so then I got into Spawn. And then, like, something clicked in me where I was like, wait, not every artist draws like this. Is this the same guy? Like, is there is there any way that this is the same exact thing that I got back into? And I realized that McFarlane was the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, also, the other thing was that um, around that time, I had, uh, my dad would get, that, get Forbes magazine. And uh, they had an article and on the cover it was like um it was like 25 people who who have made millions uh outside of corporate america or whatever and i there's no reason i would read that you know no reason at all it was just sitting there and i started flipping through it while i was eating and uh it had a thing about todd mcfarlane and uh spawn so that made me want to pick that up too just because I was like, what's this all about? Why? How is this guy so rich? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all these things came together all at the same time. And, like, within a week of buying that issue of Spawn, I told my parents, I was like, uh, hey, I think this is what I want to do. And awesome. Th- they, I, I look back on it now, and I'm like, why did they, why were they just like, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but they were. And they, they, like, even, I remember they, um, Gave me my birthday money early so I could buy all the back issues of Spawn oh, that I wow. didn't have. And uh, I got really into Wizard Magazine, and I was, like, con- researching constantly how you uh, get to draw comics and everything. And just, you know, full-blown obsession from that point. Yeah. And then, you know, even from that point, I always told everybody. I just would say, yeah, I'm going to be a comic book artist. Like, 
duh. Yeah. Yeah. As though it was easy, only to find out later that it was really hard. <laughs> but like the being that naive and just believing it somehow, I feel like helped me. Step one, drawing. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Step middle. three. Make $25 million like Todd McFarlane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was probably easy to convince your parents that this was a valid uh, life goal if Forbes magazine is like, hey, this comic book guy made millions. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I want to be this. Okay, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They knew that I liked to draw, um, because, and I kind of always wanted to be a um, Disney animator. I was really obsessed with Disney. Ooh, wow. But then I kind of grown... Just the things that I read about being an animator, it just didn't sound as glorious as, you know, it sounded like really hard work and everything. Yeah, I remember when I first learned how things are animated, I was like, wait, they draw the same thing over and over again, 24 times a second. I was like, that that can't be true. Yeah, yeah. just, and it, and it was just like, uh, you know, all the, a lot, like it's, there's very few guys that get to do the, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing the in-betweens and everything, and just so much, uh, yeah. so much of it is just production and you know, I don't, I don't, I've never worked in it, so I don't really know if I, if my perception of it was accurate, but, you know, it kind of soured me on it, and then, uh, yeah, comics came along again, you know, like the, my re, re-entry into comics, and I was just like, oh yeah, no, that's awesome, let's yeah. do comic books. So, um, so then you, uh, so that, that followed you through college then, right? And, mm-hmm. and sort of, uh, uh, post high school and everything, when, uh, from that point to when did you uh, when did you get your uh, your your first published work? Uh, I well in college I really didn't do it, hardly any drawing and I actually by doing that I was by the time I was uh, done with college I was actually worse than I was <laughs> uh, before I went to college. Wow! Because um, I just digressed, you know, like I I became so foc- hyper focused on it in high school. And then I became hyper focused on like booze in college, you know. Ah, uh, this sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> you did yeah, exactly. college. And, uh, <laughs> so I, um, but then I, I, towards the end of college, I started to get serious about it because I was getting an English degree, and the reason I was getting an English degree was because I didn't want to do anything but draw comics, and I enjoyed reading stuff, but I knew that I couldn't get a degree with the English degree. So I suddenly realized, like, oh, my God, I'm about to graduate college, and I have to have, like, a plan. I have to do something. Yeah. yeah. Life is coming. Yeah. So, like, all of a sudden I started um, to – I got real serious about drawing, and I worked really, really hard um, my senior year of college um, just to get, like, passable. Uh, and then I finished that, and I got an internship at Top Cow as, a, as an editor oh, because wow. – uh, they had editorial internships. Uh huh. Where's that? Uh, Where's that located at? Is that in California? In, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Which my one of my friends lives out there, and uh, so I went and just slept on his couch for the three months that I did that, <laughs> and uh, that didn't really amount to anything, unfortunately. Uh, I was a really bad intern. You know, I wanted to be a comic book artist, not an editor. So yeah, <laughs> I think I was like their their worst case scenario editor. Uh, yeah. Can you yeah, make copies of this? Instead of making copies, what if I drew a lot of really cool stuff for you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then I came home, and once again, the, it blows my mind that my parents were okay with this and didn't even bat an eye. But I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to move in with you guys. 
and um, and uh, draw comic books and try and get a job. And they were just like, okay. Wow. Yeah. So I did that, and then uh, about I'd say about six months in, I got contacted to do a independent book because I was posting my stuff online, like digital webbing and everything. Yeah. And uh, Tony Lee. Uh, contacted me and he had this creator own book for um, at the time it was AP Comics which then became Marcosia it's a British company yes yeah yeah. and uh, they said that they would pay me you know it was it was a really low paying job I mean um, and not you know not because they were trying to take advantage of me just because that's you know to get paid for it to do an independent book is pretty rare actually Uh, so I I was getting paid um you know, less than a minimum wage when you ca- counted the hours that I was putting in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but I did it. And it, at first it was, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, all I knew at the time was, was what looked good, but I didn't know how to make something that looked good. So in my head, I knew when I was doing that was my, my best trait was that I was uh, good at self editing. So, I mean, I did have a little bit of talent or skill or whatever, but I, uh, I knew when something wasn't up to par, and so I wouldn't, you know, I'd work at it and work at it until it, until it looked right. So the pages were taking me about forty hours per page at the beginning. It was wow. crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's. And uh, well, I think that's yeah. that's how it works, though, right? Is like you 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 have taste first, right? Exactly. Right? That's you. Yeah. If you if you don't have good taste, then I think that, you know, that's that's a pretty bad place to start, but. I think that's, like, a good theme for, like, a lot of the artists that are coming up right now is, like, they're very, they have such great taste. Or such, like, really interesting styles or... Influences. Influences. Yeah. And, like, like like the fact that, like, you and Phil Noto are blowing up at the same time. Like, it's, like, such drastically different things with such really clear perspectives. It's really, it's a really great time to be, like, a comic book fan and probably also be a yeah, comic book artist. There, are, yeah. there, there, there seemed to be, like, a while where... Um, not a lot. Of, there wasn't like a new, lot of new art injected into the comic book world, but like with the DC New Fifty Two and Marvel seems to be taking initiative to bring up some new guys and stuff. Yeah. It's, there's yeah, there's a ton of art that I really enjoy right now. I, I was thinking like when when I heard that you got uh, Fantastic Four, it felt very similar to like our friends at UCB who get on SNL in a way. Yeah, so it's like I feel like I've been watching you. I mean, since She-Hulk, which isn't your first work, but I remember I first noticed you on the She-Hulk's mini, and then you right. did those couple issues of Amazing Spider-Man, and then Scarlet Spider, and it was like I was clearly like seeing your trajectory, which is like very similar to like Bobby Moynihan and seeing him in Stepfathers every week, and then seeing the Buffoons as sketch team, and then SNL, or like the same with Kate McKinnon, and yeah, it's really it's re- it's really cool like seeing you now on FF. It, it feels like. You know, you've brought the fans along for the ride in a way, <laughs> like the people that have been watching you for so long. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's definitely been it's definitely been a neat neat time. Uh, it's hard to have perspective on it for me, but I get I get this a lot at conventions where people talk about like, man, it's crazy seeing how you know things are blowing up for you, and <clears throat> you know, it's really it's really neat. You know, it's just fun. But the the hard part for me is just that. I have no clue what's going on ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, I'm still the guy that, uh, you know, 
that sits in my basement and works 12 hours a day. And, yeah. You know. That's the thing. It's like nothing has changed for you. Like, you're still doing your job. It's just like right. it's gone from, like, you know, lower tier characters to, like, C to B to now, like, the A-list. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, as far as I was concerned, like, both uh, She-Hulks and Scarlet Spider, I could not have had any more fun working oh, on Oh, yeah. Them. So it's like... Yeah, the Fantastic Four is much bigger, but uh, to me, it, I was having so much fun that that was just as exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not to say that I'm not super excited, because now that I'm doing Fantastic Four and I'm involved in it more, it was almost like the transition from uh, Scarlet Spider didn't, I kind of was like, didn't feel great about it just because I was, I, I wanted to do Scarlet Spider for so long and I was enjoying it so much, but now, I guess now that I'm in Fantastic Four, I understand it more, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's hard to, it's hard to put it all in perspective. Well, it's, I, it's probably, I imagine it's kind of like, uh, you're so close to it that it's hard to have perspective. Like the same way, like if you're actively trying to lose weight or something and you see someone who hasn't seen you. In a couple of months, they notice it, but you barely notice it because you're you're you every day. Yeah, or like if you're gaining weight, like yeah. the other way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, probably probably more that yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, you know, my wife. It's not like she's impressed with it. <laughs> you know, and she's the one I spend the most time with. And then yep. like my friends, obviously, you know, they my comic book friends. Uh, all they want to do is is tear me down. So, <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Well, that's another thing I wanted to bring up is um, I feel like part of <laughs> this is part of the mystique of Ryan Stegman. That's a weird yeah. phrase. Is you have such a really strong internet presence. Like with your your Twitter is hilarious. Yeah, I uh, love it. Your, your Twitter's a lot of fun, man. And I mean, you Instagram, Tumblr, everything. Like, is that? How much of that is like a, I need to, as an artist and professional, need to keep my name in everyone's brains? And how much of that is just, I just like doing this for fun? Uh, well, I would say it, a lot of it comes from a place of, uh, I need constant <laughs> reinforcement that I exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, again, I am in a basement yep. uh, so much, you know, by myself. <laughs> and, then, and I'm also, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a very extroverted person. Like, on that spectrum of extrovert-introvert, I'm very, very oh, yeah. extroverted. So I just enjoy <laughs> communicating with people anyway. Uh, but there is a large part of it is also, you know, I realize that that uh, in, in this time, you know, the Internet presence is extremely important. And I, and I kind of think, when I really think about it, um, you know, the, the industry has really shifted to very writer-centric. Yeah. And I don't want it to be artist-centric. I want it to be more in the middle, you know? And so, but one of the things that I feel that writers have done is really embraced the internet and because they're much better at expressing themselves because that's their job. Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. artists, you know, you don't, that's not necessarily what you do. So, um, that that's part of the reason I think that it's it has shifted so far. Like if you look at Twitter and you see the follower counts on uh, all the uh, writers, it's it's crazy in comparison to uh, the artists. So I just try and take advantage of what's available to me, and I enjoy it anyway. So it's not it's not hard. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's you know I think it's uh, sort of similar to like what what happens with the the comedy scene here in New York, where a, a lot of us are 
are writers and stuff, and we'll have ideas, but we're not we're not directors, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And yeah. and it's like, uh, how do I how do I get this image in my brain out? Yeah, <laughs> out of my brain in a way that doesn't look terrible or ruin it. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the great things that artists have, I think one of the great things with the internet and artists now, though, is that when you're at a con, like you, like you Instagram or whatever your commissions that you're doing, yeah, which is yeah. such an amazing thing. Like I can only like if Instagram existed in 1980 or 1984, mm-hmm. and it was like Paul Smith and John Byrne at a convention, like Instagramming out their commissions, like oh, like that just blows my mind. I'm so thankful that we have the internet now because yeah, it's, it's such it's a great cool. outlet. Yeah, it's like, because uh, I love buying artists' sketchbooks and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, you just get so much free art to look at. And I always like sketches almost more than finished art, you know? So that's, for a while I was I was kind of not too excited about my own sketches at shows, but I kind of, uh, I feel like I've started to do some pretty good ones. And uh, <laughs> People are very excited. Don't yeah. people just like color them too? What's that? I feel like I see like an amateur colorist or maybe even professional colorists like just apply colors to them. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's cool really, community. it's really fun. And yeah. it was like the last couple cons I've done, um, I've I've put up every single one, and it's just you know the amount of uh, feedback that I got from that was really neat. How many how many Scarlet Spiders do you get commissioned to draw at every show? Is that your main character? <laughs> yeah, it's about um, I'd say. Two out of every five. Okay. How uh, many of that is jean jacket? Or jean jacket vest? No, hoodie. It's hoodie. It's hoodie, it's hoodie sweater. Sleeveless hoodie. Sleeveless hoodie. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, some people want... There's a lot of people that want both the new one and the old one, like, together doing something. Aw. Uh, like On a seesaw or tandem biking. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, they always want him handing the sweater over the new... Uh, Scarlet Spider, or I love that. Wait, multiple people have asked for that. Oh yeah, and I'm sure that everyone thinks, "Hey, I'm going to give you something you've never done before." <laughs> like, they, yeah, like, it's super. Oh, definitely. Oh man, sorry to bust, burst your bubble, people. You're not original. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. I know. Hey, I'm all about making enemies. I'm the sexy <laughs> bad boy of podcasting of this podcast, <laughs> but not this episode of other episodes. <laughs> I know Matt is. Like, my, like, 90s pleasure, not even guilty pleasure, is X-Force, and I feel like Matt's is definitely Scarlet Spider. I'm not gonna lie, I think yeah. that, I, I, I will, I, I've, I've argued with so many people, so many times, so drunk in so many bars, that I think, uh, there was a lot of good stuff in the Clone Saga. Yeah, I'll say, I, I read it, I didn't read it when it was coming out, um, it was like, that was happening... Just bef- like it started before I got into comics again. Yeah. And uh, so I, if I would have started, it would have been in the middle. And Wizard Magazine was bagging on it all the time. So I, <laughs> I didn't have any desire to pick it up. But uh, when I read it uh, recently, the uh, I, I thought it was good. But, but you know, the, the thing was is that I didn't have – I knew it was going to get fixed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the the other thing was it was just so long, but um, there was some good concepts in there and some really interesting stuff. And it, they weren't poorly written comics, by no. Any like you had JMD Matisse, yeah, uh, writing writing at least yeah. a quarter of it, if not more. And yeah, uh, <laughs> it, yeah I, I think uh, I, I really do think that the first half 
of that story was good. I think, uh, you know, up to uh, Amazing Spider-Man 400... Um, Is that where Aunt May dies? Yeah. which that really I had ugly gravestone cover that just looks like a big piece of gray cardboard yes, covering up everything? because it was a big piece of gray cardboard covering yeah, up everything. It's like, that's an awful cover. I had, uh, I had, an, I had, a, uh, I had my only letter in comics published uh, oh. uh, in Amazing 407, I think, about issue 400. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that there was a, I think there was a lot of good stuff in there, and yeah, you're you're totally right. It just it it just went on too long. Uh-huh. It was uh, it, it just it was just diminishing returns, and they, it it felt like they didn't know where to go with it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? It, it's interesting because maybe that was like one of the. F- I mean, uh, Wizard had been around a while, but Wizard really did give it a lot of crap. Oh yeah. And yep. uh, I wonder <laughs> if that was one of those situations where they they started. Like, since comics journalism, you know, I mean, uh, was being widely circulated for the first time, I wonder if that they started to get really affected by what the feedback and yeah. were trying to fix it while they were working on it, and you know, probably got all messed up. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was a it was it was a weird it was a weird time too because that was, you know, the the first sort of I mean, there was always the comics journal, but. Uh, Wizard really seemed like the first sort of mass market oh, yeah. comics journalism that was out there. Right, which, yeah, it was directed towards the average fan, not just, like, retailers. And- yeah. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, I... Be, I mean, I'm from Tennessee. I could only ever find Wizard in any, like, Walmart. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't find the comics journal or any... Like, Wizard was the only comic publication that you could find right. at Walden Books. Yeah. yeah. Walmart. Oh, Yeah. Uh, it it influenced a lot of my childhood. <laughs> Wizard did. Um, oh, yeah. I, I will say also about the Clone Saga that it's it was a lot more fun like than a lot of comics that I read now, and it, there was a lot of story there. Like I, I don't know, the books just had that feeling of like uh, they were in that place that I like, where they they kind of give you enough story so you feel like you got your money's yeah. worth. Yes. Which, uh, which I feel like is what that's what Hickman has been doing recently on FF and Fantastic Four on both those books. Um, is that the same? Like, how far ahead have you read in the scripts of Fantastic Four? Or do you just work? I only like, got the one that I'm working on. Okay, so they don't like just Hickman just doesn't CC you on every page. That he, <laughs> well, no, like, hey, usually, I mean, generally the books aren't written. You know, they're they're plotted out and figured out among yeah. the editor and, and writer, but they're they aren't written until. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I'm excited yeah. to see uh, the rest of his run. I've loved all the the Dunham ones been great so recently. Yeah. And uh the other thing the other thing I noticed you're uh you're a bit of a gamer as well, correct? No. <laughs> Incorrect. I, I'd like to be. Uh, I bought a video game the other day for the first time in a while and I I put it in once and I was like, "Oh man. I well my problem with video games is that I I get obsessed with things yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah. And uh, so once I start to feel that come on, it's like I have to shut it down. So I played that Ghost Recon for like what I thought was a half hour, and it turned out it was two hours. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I do this right now. Don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I. I love video games, but I feel like it's uh, that's definitely like the first medium where I felt like it has passed me by. Uh, cause I don't like, I don't like going online to uh-huh. play other people 
Uh, I like solo like solo games with stories in them, and yeah. I, I realize now when I say those things, I sound like the crotchety old guy. Well, that's how when I put in Ghost Recon, one of the things that I noticed, I was like, "Oh my god, I have no idea how to control this thing because you're doing both hands at the same time." Yeah, yeah. I have no experience with that at all. Yep. And uh, so I just the simple movements I couldn't even do, and I was thinking, "Man, these have really." I have been out of the because I have a Wii, which uh-huh. is like much easier. You know, it's it's designed to be super easy to yeah. use, and uh, so those are the games that I've been playing for the past uh, couple, you know, five or six years. Uh, so Ghost Recon was like completely beyond what I was capable of. <laughs> it's like I, from a go yeah. go kart to a starship. Yeah. Like, I yeah, I have not owned a video game system since Sega Genesis, so oh, I am right there with you. Uh, well, video games are so much fun. If I games all the time, yeah, I, I like sports games a lot too. Yeah, I I used to I used to be really into Madden mm-hmm. and uh, and the NHL games. I used to. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I can I can still I'll still get the Madden every year for the Wii, but I I generally don't play it as much as I'd like to. But uh, that's. That's about is you know that's the one that I can keep up with because it kind of stays the same from year to year. Like they add new features, but uh, I don't feel like when I, I'm confused when I'm playing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna get chiropractor mysterious headaches from it. Yeah, exactly. Which could then lead you to like some sort of new profession. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Hey, here's another note about the chiropractor. Um, he was a con artist. <laughs> what? Oh no! What? Yeah, he was like, uh, we he we wouldn't be. My dad would get the insurance, and he realized that the chiropractor was charging us for like tons of visits because he didn't. He assumed we wouldn't look. Holy but shit! He was, Jeez. he was going straight to our um. Uh, to the insurance, and the insurance was covering it. So uh, once we figured that out, you know, uh, it took about another month, and then all, he was out of town. I'm not lying. That happened to my mother as well, with a chiropractor. Like a chiropractor? Yeah. In yeah, Pennsylvania. You know, yeah. I, I feel like it makes sense that they do that because, you know, they're not like uh, trained like a, like a medical doctor so that, you know, you could get somebody in there that just gets accredited and then... Just because they know they can do that. Yep. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like it was worth it, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got you back to the comics. Yeah, yeah. You know I, mean? yeah. I didn't have headaches anymore either, so that was good. <laughs> and that concludes the interview portion of our interview with Ryan Stegman. Check back next week where Ryan, Matt, and I will discuss The Death Ray by Daniel Klaus. It's a really great comic and completely different from anything we've covered on this podcast before. We had a great time talking about The Death Ray and a whole lot more with Ryan. So subscribe to Matt and Brett Love Comics and iTunes so you won't miss that episode or any episode after that. And you can follow Matt on Twitter at at TheMattLittle. Ryan on Twitter at at Ryan Stegman and myself at at Brett White. To find out where to get a copy of The Death Ray, visit our website, mattbrettlovecomics.com, and do us a favor and review this podcast in iTunes. Reviews are how podcasts get found, so help us get found. 
Keep in touch with us. Go to mattandbrettlovecomics.com and click the like button to get updates from us. Very unobtrusively, we promise, in your Facebook feed. And if you've got something to say, just write a comment in the show notes and we will talk back to you. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Brett. Matt is in Rhode Island somewhere. And we both love comics. Oh,